Well, good morning and welcome to Water and Stone. My name is Dieter Randolph and I'm so happy to welcome you to my, my house and I uh, want to thank you for letting me into yours for another Sunday morning. And I say that, but what I'm finding out is that people are watching these little videos that we make at home on Sunday morning. And I love that some people are having like watch parties where they're on the phone with each other saying, did you believe what that idiot said or whatever it is that people are saying, it's wonderful. But people are also watching the video on their phones when they're on the exercise bike or they're, they're listening just to the audio in their car. Don't watch in your car, take a minute. But you know what I mean? It's a wonderful thing to know that people are engaging with what we're doing together all over the place and at all kinds of different times. It's really an amazing thing. And I love the idea that in some small way, we're decontextualizing and unpacking the idea of what church is supposed to be and finding out what it means. This is an amazing exploration, a journey that we're on together, and I'm so glad that you're on it with me. Now, today is the very first edition of an October 2020 series, and it's called Unmasking. And the idea has to do with taking away the things that are getting between us and God, the basic idea. And it's one that we've worked on in little bits and pieces before, but we're really going to look at it head on. The basic idea is that if God is everywhere and God's already God, then the problems in our life have to do with getting things out of the way. With, with denying the power of something negative to have power over us, for example. This whole month is about taking out the garbage. I don't know about you, but I'm ready for something new. And in order to make room for something new in your life, you have to make room for something that has always been in your heart. So take a minute and get a pen and paper, write down some questions and comments, be ready to share them with us because I want to know what you want to know. And with that in mind, let's begin our service time together with our opening prayer. God is and I am. I stand on holy ground. Right here and right now, there is truth. Right here and right now, there is freedom. Right here and right now, there is life. This is who I am. I am ready. From now on, I speak the truth. From now on, I choose freedom. From now on, this is my life. The unstoppable love of God prepares the way. I am ready. And so it is and so it does. In Jesus' name, amen. Our scripture today is Luke 12, 2. But there is nothing covered up that will not be revealed and hidden that will not be known. Now think about that. It's not going to be an unfamiliar concept to you. I mean, when you think about it, the Bible is full of quotes about the truth's going to come out. You know, the, there's that great moment on Palm Sunday when Jesus is asked to be quiet and he says, if I'm quiet, the very stones, the fabric of existence is going to cry out. And you know those kind of quotes over and over and over and over and over and over again. The idea that the truth comes out is present in Scripture. And I love this one in particular for a couple reasons that, that we'll get to in a moment, but I also love the idea that there are so many of these, the truth comes out, it's written all over your face, kind of a, kind of a sentiment throughout scripture, because one of the things that I think about a lot when we think about church is how often for some people, 
religiosity, church stuff, has to do with secrets. You know, if you hang around long enough, we will unveil the secret teachings. In just five easy payments, we will uh, let you in on the, the secret club of super saved people, you know, whatever it is. Would you like me to supersize your salvation? We can do that. You know, that kind of a concept. It's amazing to me how often religiosity is based on concealed truth and trade secrets, frankly, when over and over again the, the point or part, at least part of the point of what Jesus was saying is, hey, no secrets. This is simple. Be like a little child. Love out loud. Forgive radically. All of that. Don't hold back. And yet so often when you go to church, there's a feeling of holding back. And so as we think about what kind of religious people we want to be, let's get to the place where we're looking for a lack of secrets, where we're looking for a lack of holding back, where the people who know us really know the real us you know what I mean? I think there's something really, really powerful about that kind of radical honesty and, once again, taking out the garbage in our life. So as we begin our time together today, ask yourself, how can I take out the garbage? You know, so often in life we're asked to put up with a whole lot of it, but there's some places where we can do without at least some of it. Let's you and I be about that journey. Now, that in mind, one of the reasons I like this part in particular, this particular quote, Luke chapter 12, is because it's part of a much longer passage where he's talking to the disciples and he says, kind of a cryptic thing, you ready? He says, beware the leaven of the Pharisees. You know, leaven is, it's the thing that makes bread rise. Beware the leaven of the Pharisees. And then he goes into this whole thing because they're hypocritical and remember that nothing that is hidden will stay hidden and all of that. That's an interesting thing. Look out for some yeast. <laughs> it's a weird thing to say. I mean, bread uh, has a role in a lot of pieces of Scripture. You know this. But if you're the kind of person that says, you know, we should take the Bible literally, take a minute and go, do you think Jesus was really worried about it? Was this a gluten thing? You know what I mean? There's something more. There's something deeper. So we have to look deeper. It's not just about the Facts and figures, you can't read the Bible like it's stereo instructions, right? This is a nice little reminder of that. That's one of the reasons I like this little beware the leaven thing. But let's get into it. What is leaven? Leaven is the thing on the inside that, that makes it rise, the thing that props it up. If we were talking about a tent, the leaven would be the tent pole. If we were talking about a house, the leaven would be the, the two-by-fours and the, the structure. We were talking about you, the leaven would be something like your skeleton, right? Your musculature, that kind of a thing. What holds it up? Look out for the leaven of hypocrites, Jesus is saying. In other words, they're just propped up from the inside. There's no real substance there. It's all external stuff. It's all flummery and it's all a big show. And as we get into Halloween and we think about unmasking, not just for Halloween, but you know, it's important to think not just about the outer mask, but what's propping up? that desire to be disguised in the first place. I mean, think about how many times you've looked at something that really scared you, that really rocked you to your core, that really shook you, and you realize later that it's just all propped up from the inside. You know, it's an amazing thing to, to go on a, a ride in an amusement park, you know, and you turn the corner and there's the big scary whatever it is that you're supposed to be scared of. 
But then if you turn a corner and you're supposed to look at something else, but if you take a minute and look back, you can see the superstructure and you can see that, oh, it's just an animatronic thing and I can see the pipes and the gears and the gizmos and the whatever it is. And you realize that, oh, I'm not really scared. It's just part of the, part of the ride part of the journey. Think about how many times in your life it's been like that. There's that thing that was going to destroy everything of your way of life and your way of being and your whole you. And once you get past it, you realize, oh, it's just wires and gears and pulleys or the spiritual equivalent, and it's no big deal. This is kind of the thing. There are parts of life that are propped up from the inside. Let me put that a different way. You know with me that God is everything, all the life and all the love and all the power and all the strength and all the beauty and all of the allness of everything. God is done cooking. God has got this. God is God, right? We can agree on the basic concept, God equals God, right? If God is already perfect, then my job and your job as children of God becomes very simple. We are not here to manifest perfection. We are not here to force or to forge or to insist on perfection. We are here to allow perfection. We're going to talk about that a lot. I think it's a paradigm shift. It's a big one and it's an important, vital one. But put another way, and this is something that I have said many times, it's one of those sort of table stakes Uh, life 101 kind of things. One of the things that I really want you to know, this is something to write down if you're writing things down. This is something to embroider if you're into speed embroidery of the things I say. You ready? Prosperity is inversely proportional to the number of layers of abstraction you allow in your life. That's a lot. Prosperity is inversely proportional to the number of layers of abstraction you allow in your life. So let me break that down because it's a lot. Prosperity, remember, prosperity doesn't just mean money. Prosperity means, like Mr. Spock, live long and prosper. It means your ability to thrive. Prosperity doesn't just mean how much money you have in the bank, because there are people with a lot of it who ain't thriving. And there are people with a little of it who are. Prosperity has to do with your ability to enjoy your life. Your ability to laugh at danger. Your ability to grow through the most crazy circumstances. When you're prospering, you're sailing through. Prosperity has to do with freedom, which is why we say what we say at the end of our services. Prosperity has to do with your ability to thrive. So your prosperity is in inverse proportion. In other words, how much you have depends on how little you have of Prosperity is an inverse proportion to how many layers of abstraction you have. So in other words, here's God, perfect and wonderful and beautiful and right here. And here's you who can have a clear channel to that or who can put up boundaries. Those are the layers of abstraction. A couple weeks ago, I wrote a blog post about this idea that it's called Nobody Needs a Hammer. Go back and look at that if you haven't done so already. But the old idea is nobody needs a hammer. They need to put a nail in the wall. Nobody needs to put a nail in the wall. They need to hang art. Nobody needs to hang art. They need beauty, right? Those are layers of abstraction. If you can get to the beauty and not worry about the details, the details take care of themselves. As it turns out, everything in life is like that. If you can find a way to take away some layers of abstraction, you're going to be a happier, more successful, more productive, more fulfilled person. How can you remove some layers, take down the blast shields, and really face life? I I talk all the time about David taking off the armor before he faces Goliath. 
I talk about how in the beginning, in the story of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, and you know that story, and sometime we should sit down and go through the whole thing because there's a lot of really neat stuff in there, and it's awfully controversial for some people. I don't think it's that controversial for us, but it's something worth talking about. But anyway, let's get to the, the part of the story we need to talk about today. There's that part where Adam and Eve eat of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. You know that whole thing? In other words, they choose to internalize, that's what eating always represents, the idea that some things are good and some things are bad, which is a heck of a thing when you're in this place where everything's good, that's what eating is. And some people say when they eat the fruit, that's the problem. But I'm not so sure. Because at any minute, we are free to see anything however we want. And the beautiful thing about life is if you choose to see things as they are, as good and as full of potential and as beautiful, that's what they will be for you and you have a positive experience. If you choose to see things as evil, as bad, as no good, as other, you're going to have a diminished capacity to prosper, but sooner or later you'll get over it. Like I said, you'll get past it in the ride and you'll realize it's no big deal. One way or the other, we grow. That's the point. So I'm not sure eating the fruit is really the problem. I think the problem, interestingly enough, happens a couple of beats later in the story. It happens when God shows up, metaphorically. And the thing that Adam and Eve do is, remember, they're, they're naked, which is symbolic of the idea that there's no barriers, no layers of abstraction. The first thing they do is cover up. That's the problem. The problem isn't that you're free to see things in all kinds of different ways, because you'll learn one way or another. The problem is when you respond to that with fear, and you respond to the fear with a layer of abstraction between you and good. Why do people hide in the face of true love? Why do people cower when there's this opportunity for amazing advancement in their life? Why do people run away from beauty? I don't know. We'll talk a little bit about it in a minute. But that's the problem, and your job. And my job is to find a way to take that down and to face whatever it is with, without any barriers. Because whatever it is, is God talking to us, talking to you, calling us, calling you to something bigger. It's time to find a way to unmask. Now, I have to tell you that I've gotten to a place in my life where I wear glasses. You know, it's just one of those things. And I find that a good deal of my day is spent looking like this. Because when it's time to get up close, the reading glasses come down, I do the thing, I go about my day. It's one of those things. And I've gotten to the place in my life where I'm not proud of it, but it's a little bit of a crutch. I'm working on a healing of my vision. I think that it's very possible. But in the meantime, as I'm working on that healing opportunity, what I find is the glasses are kind of a lifeline. Because you get to where the phone is further away. Okay, if I want to actually read who's sending me an email, the glasses come down. That kind of a thing. I get to where working on the computer, doing the things that I do for my quote-unquote day job, I need the glasses. At least it makes it easier. They're a lifeline. And one day, I couldn't find my glasses. Uh-oh. Couldn't find my glasses. This is like Jacques Cousteau without an oxygen tank. I couldn't find my glasses. I didn't know what to do. I looked everywhere, and I started to, to get not really upset, but challenged 
let's say. I got a little blamey. Someone has moved my glasses and I need my glasses. I got work to do. I'm getting behind. I'm on a schedule. Man, I got my stuff to do. And it was about my stuff. And I got to that place surprisingly quickly, I'm embarrassed to say. I looked everywhere. I looked in the house. I looked in the car. Could they be out in the yard? I was doing some yard work. Could I have thrown them away when I took out the garbage? You know, all of the things that you do. And I started once again to get blamey. And I thought, you know, somebody in this house, you know, you can't leave anything anywhere around here. Somebody in this house has moved my glasses and I can't even see to find them because I don't have my glasses. I don't know what I'm going to do. And I got legitimately uh, uh, grumpy, let's say, about that. I got to the place where I didn't know what to do about it. And I took a minute. And by the way, this all happened in my head. Nobody else was even in the house. This was all me. Those are the best fits are the ones you throw solo, I think. And I took a minute and I thought, where are those things? I've been walking around with the dumb things on my head the whole time. I mean, the whole time. And Maybe you've done that kind of a thing, too. It's, it's, a, it's a life thing. But I think the interesting thing, the lesson, the reason that I wanted to share that story with you is because I think we do do that all the time. It's one of those things. It is the case that the thing that we require in order to live our lives, the thing that we require in order to navigate the slings and arrows and all of that, the thing that we require is right there, right with us, virtually connected to us, part of us. And you can look everywhere and you can blame everyone. How many times have we thought, you know what, if I could just go get that thing that's somewhere else, where is it? Looking for love in all the wrong places, you know? How many times have we thought, if it weren't for that person who did that thing to me, I could be happy? When the truth is that Dorothy could have gone home all the time. It's the old story. You're wearing the thing. You are the thing that you require. And I love that part of the lesson. But the other reason I told you the story is that there's a deeper lesson too. And that is that the way that you succeed in this life, the way that you get to the answers that you need has to do with the lenses that you wear. How are you perceiving your world? Because here's the deal, guys. God is here. That's not optional. What is optional is your willingness to participate smoothly or participate kicking and screaming. That's what's on the table, is can you clean the filter of your, of your life? And the good news is, you ready? God wins. Love wins. Beauty wins. You can't help but grow. In life, you know this because you've learned the easy way and you've learned the hard way. But more than that, you know that because sooner or later, the good kind of leaks through despite our best efforts to hide from the good, despite our best efforts to cover up and shield from true love and adventure and growth and beauty. It happens one way or the other. How many quotes have we just talked about, about how you will know them by their fruits? It happens. You're is to unmask. Your job is to take layers away. And the good news is that the job description is pretty simple. If it is the case that you know a situation by its fruits, if it is the case that every created thing bears the fingerprints of its creator, like we always say, 
then if your life isn't working, look at the fruits. In other words, look around at your life. You don't have to hang out in the produce section. Look around at your life. You can see that what's happening in my life is a result of the lens that I wear. The, the perception I have of God, if I have a, a flawed perception, I'm going to have a flawed experience. That's how it works. But the good news is if you can look around at the fruits, look around at your life, you can walk backwards through that process and find the source. It's like looking for clues in a detective story. Do you like those? I, I love uh, detective stories. I've been watching a fair bit of TV because of the quarantine. <clears throat> um, perhaps you have too. I'm really, really a fan of the British detective shows. There's a bunch of them. I've been watching Endeavor a lot. That's a good one. But there's a lot of good ones. But what I love is that they're all kind of the same. You know, whether you're watching the British one or you're watching Law & Order or, you know, CSI, Kenneth City or whatever the, the show is that you're really into, um, it's always the same. You have the people who are trying to solve the crime and you are introduced to everybody you need to know about in the first three minutes of the episode. You have seen the murderer. You have seen the victim. You have seen, you know everybody. And so the whole thing is which one of these people did it? You know, you already have met the whole cast of characters. All of the clues are there. And so your job is to try and figure out from what you see what the source is. And maybe that's the reason why so many of us like those detective stories because the truth is we're on that journey. The truth is that God has given us all the clues. The truth is that the killer and the savior is someone in this room, as they always say. We like those stories because you and me and every single person in the world, we are on a quest. We are on a journey to uncover God in our lives. We are looking for clues. Each and every one of us is that detective in that story. But here's the thing, too. If God is already perfect, it also means that if there's a problem in my life, not only am I the detective, the hero, but I'm also the one who's hiding the evidence and changing my story. You know, because God isn't doing it. Nobody is doing it to you. Your glasses are on your head and your ruby slippers have been on your feet all the time. That's a weird look, but we won't go into that. It's been you all along. And we can talk about why, I suppose past a certain point, it doesn't really matter why. But the good news is you have some clues that you can follow in order to get to the next level of your life, in order to solve the mystery. Are you ready? Here's the first clue, the first thing to think about. Are you ready? If there is friction in my life, it was not caused by God. This is important. If there is friction in my life, it was not caused by God. I mean, think about it. It's so tempting to be mad at God, the creator of the universe, the author of you, the founder of true love. It's so easy to shake your fist at the heavens when you know that's not the answer. If there is friction in my life, I caused it by dragging my feet. That's clue number one. So it helps me start to know where to look. And clue number two is, you can't lie. Not really. You can't lie. Think about it. You can't lie to God. People try. God, I promise if you just take me away from all of this, if you just prevent me from learning, I'll never do it again. Good luck with that. Enjoy therapy. 
You know, it's one of those things. You can't lie to God, and you sure as heck can't lie to yourself. How many times have you tried to pray the prayer of, God, I know that I am a rich child of an infinitely whatever, whatever, but if you feel poor in your heart, it's not the language, it's the feeling that makes the prayer work. And if your feeling is a deception, if your feeling is a, a lie, that prayer is not going to work for you. You need to work on your perception first before you say word one to the Lord. You can't lie to God. You can't lie to yourself. Clue number two is you can't lie. And clue number three is related to that, and it goes like this. The truth comes out. One way or another, easy way or hard way, the truth of your being, the truth of God, the source of all things, shines through that lens, that prism that is your experience and out into your world. So if there's friction in my life, it's not God doing it. If I can't lie, that says something about how I behave. And if the truth comes out anyway, I might as well get in touch with it. I might as well learn something from it. It means that I am the detective in the story. And detectives use what they call deductive reasoning. You deduce, you take away, you deduct things. You take away all of the stuff that is not necessary, that is not true, and what you're left with, however unlikely, as Sherlock Holmes has said, Whatever you're left with is the necessary truth. You take away whatever is untrue. That is the work of deductive reasoning. That is the work of every detective. And I love that the work of every detective is an act of faith. The detective in the story is one who believes that the answer exists. Pretty good. You can be that detective. You can take away the things that are not true and what you're left with is what is. Because here's the deal. If God is in charge, then my job is not to force good to happen. My job is to agree with it. Put another way, my job is to get out of the way. Do you know what an impediment is? Right? It's a stumbling stone. It's a block. An impediment. It impedes your journey. An impediment. You know what that is. Do you know what a pediment is? It's in a temple, it's that top part, that triangular part at the beginning. It's the entryway. It marks, here's where you come in. That's what a pediment is. When you go to the grocery store, it says Publix. It's not just a sign. That's the pediment. In geological terms, the pediment is the hard rock at the base of the mountain. It is the beginning of your journey. Both ways, whether it's architectural or geological, it's the beginning of the journey. The impediment is the thing that stops you. The pediment is the thing that beckons you on. And do you know the difference between those two words? Think about it with me. The difference between those two words is two letters. I am. I'm. Think about it. So often, the thing that gets in the way is me and my ego, me and my I'm concerns. How can you get your I'm out of the way and turn the impediment into a pediment? He must increase and I must decrease. You know, that moment where we realize that I've got to get my ego out of the way. You want to prosper? You want to solve the mystery of your life? Think about all of the ways that you can make a situation all about you. You know, you come to the party and you've got to bring all of your drama with you. You get into the relationship and instead of welcoming love in, you've got to put up all of your boundaries. Think about all of the ways that you make it all about you with the drama, with the stuff, with the complaining, with the misery that you think you have to have in order to earn your right to live or whatever it is. 
Think about all of the ways you can make it about you and stop doing them because I'm is the impediment. It is your job to get your ego out of the way, to take the mask off. Because I'll give you it one more time. If God is perfect and you are made in the image and after the likeness of God, then everything is a choice. Every impediment is a choice. Every impediment is ego. And when you think about it, the fear that I feel that prevents me from doing something, that's a mask. The drama that I need to put other people through, that's a mask. The self-doubt and the self-hatred, that's a mask. God doesn't want it, and it's not true about me or you. So it's a mask. Let us remove the mask and find out that there's a beautiful person right on the other side of it. The culprit and the Savior is somebody in this room. Look, God, God is infinite. You are a child of that infinity. There's only so much space in your mind and only so much space in your heart. What are you going to make do with? Charles Fillmore says, if you can't let go of the goats, you're going to have to make do with fewer sheep. You know what he means. Maybe it's time to let go. Maybe it's time to take off the mask. Maybe it's time to set something free because after all, freedom is a choice. Thank you. Thank you for being here with us this morning or this whatever time it is when you're watching these videos. I'm so happy to be here with you. It's an amazing thing that we get to do this. We are planning what it might be like to have events in person. We don't know how that's going to work. We don't know if it's even going to be called water and stone. We don't even know anything at this point because we're just going to be open to what God has in store for us. But I can tell you this, whatever it is, I'll be there. And I hope that you will be to. Let's pray together as we take our opportunity to give. God is my source, my unending supply. With this gift, I carry my gratitude into action. God's blessings flow through me and fill my world. I give and I live with radical joy. And so it is and so it does. Amen. I want to thank you for your gifts of love and substance. I want to thank you for supporting this message because we really are counting on that. And you can support it financially by going to donate.waterandstonechurch.com and that's really important. But you can also support by sharing these messages, by subscribing to the YouTube, YouTube channel, by liking us wherever you can like us on Instagram and Facebook and all of that, and by just being the child of God that you are. Remember with me that wherever you are, you're not alone, because around here, we pray as a family. Together, God, I'm ready for change. My heart is open. I'm not afraid anymore. My life is in peace and on purpose. And so it is. Amen. Now go show the world what love looks like today. Thank you. Hey, this is Dieter Randolph, and I just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the lesson and hopefully for taking some time to apply what we talked about in your life. That's where this really happens. I love the idea that church isn't something that happens to you, but rather something that happens through you. What you do based on what you've heard can change your life and really 
change the world. This is just the beginning of a bigger journey. And if you want to continue your journey with us, I'd love for you to like and subscribe us on YouTube where you can watch the videos. Come join us in person, our street address, and all kinds of information is at our website, waterandstonechurch.com. All of that sort of thing. If you want to give electronically, that's where to do it. If you want to connect with us on social media, and you really should, do that there, waterandstonechurch.com. Thank you for being a part of this work.